This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. I'm so excited about this message. Glad I got the opportunity to get the opportunity to share the message with you. You know, it's the word of God that you put to work in your life that'll change your life. Let me say that again, because it's the word of God that you put to work in your life that will change your life. It's not just about buying a Bible. It's not just about downloading the app. It's not just about knowing it's on your phone in a time of crisis. It's only the word that you put in your heart and do that really will affect your forever life. And it wasn't until that I learned, until I learned that, that my life started changing and I started really seeing God's purpose and plan be accomplished in my life. There's nothing more frustrating than to hear that God can do something, that God wants to do something, and then not to see it happen in your life. But that's not all God's problem. That's not all God's deal. That has so much to do with us. It has so much to do with us taking what he says, putting it to work, and let it operate in our life. Uh, God has a great life planned for us, and he wants us to succeed and excel in every area of our life. And he's got a way that it can be done, but we got to know the way. And so my encouragement to you, if you only get one thing about what I said, go home, get this word, put it in your heart and start applying it to your life. And it'll make a huge, huge difference. Well, today we're finishing up our series on stories. And today, uh, because I'm a woman and I like a sale, we're going to give two for one today. I'm going to give you two stories in one. We all like two for one, right? Two Krispy Kremes for the price of one. Nothing better, right? None of this buy one, get one half off. You still got to pay. I'm one, buy one, get one free, all right? So this morning, we're going to have one story, and then you get a story free uh, to go along with it. So I'm excited about that. So let's start in Mark chapter 5, verse number 21. It says this, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. It says he pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. He says, please come put your hands on her so she will live, be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. It said a large crowd followed and pressed around him. Now we're going to get to the story within the story. It says, now a certain woman, she had a flow of blood for 12 years, and she suffered many things from different physicians. It says she spent all that she had, and she was not better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, it says she came behind him in the crowd, and she touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I'll be made well. And immediately her bleeding stopped. She felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. And at once, Jesus realized that power had gone out of him. So he looked around in the crowd and he said, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you as disciples answered, and yet you still ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and she fell at his feet. Says she trembled with fear and told him the whole truth. Said he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Be free from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking to her, we go back to the first part of the story. So some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, your daughter, she's dead, they said. 
Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus said, don't be afraid, just believe. Says he didn't let anybody follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a lot lot of commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said, why all this commotion and wailing? Child's not dead, she's asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and the mother and the disciples who were with him, went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around, said she was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished, completely astonished. So we find in this story, the first part of the story, you see this man of God. He was a synagogue leader. His daughter, many translations say it was his only daughter, was deathly sick. I don't know about you, but as a mom, when I look at my child and, you know, they have a fever or they just have the flu or they just don't feel good, it breaks my heart. You know, I hear a lot of parents, you know, sometimes seeing their child suffering, they say, man, I would trade places with them if I could. Because as a parent, you don't like to see your child suffer. So here's this dad, and he has this little girl, and she's deathly sick. Bible doesn't say exactly what was wrong with her, but she was at the verge of death. I bet the dad had already put all this money out trying to figure out what was wrong with her, trying in the natural somehow, some way to make her better. The Bible says he was desperate. He heard that Jesus was in town, so he ran to Jesus and said that he fell at his feet and desperately asked him, said, Jesus, if you'll come to my house, if you'll lay your hands on my daughter, I have no doubt that she'll be alive and she'll be healed. Jesus said, okay, I'll come. So they start on this journey to Jairus' house. Well, Jesus had been performing so many miracles and so many people were needing so many things that, that Jesus was giving that there was a huge crowd of people that were just surrounding Jesus. And I don't know if you've ever been in the middle of a crowd. Man, it's, it's loud. It can be frustrating. It can be slow moving, you know, because you're in the middle of the crowd, people yelling, people shouting. There was probably a lot of commotion going on. But they're on the journey. It may not be perfect, but at least they were heading in the direction of Jairus' desire and his miracle and his sick child. They were actually heading in that direction when all of a sudden Jesus stops. He stops in the, in the middle of the road and he says, hey, who touched me? They're like, man, come on, there's a lot of people around here. Seriously, you want us to point out who touched you? I don't know, he coulda, she coulda, they coulda. There's a lot of people, or I touched you. A lot of people are touching you. He's like, no, who touched me? The Bible said Jesus stood there and looked around. He wasn't going to go anywhere. He was stopped right there, waiting to see who touched him. Brings us to the second part of the story, where you see this woman who had been sick for, for over 12 years. She said, the Bible says she, she was trying to get better. She was trying to find the source of her issue. So she was going to doctor after doctor after doctor. In fact, she spent all of her money. She had no more money. She had more, no, no more hope. She had no more doctor option. She heard Jesus was in town. She heard that he was a healer. So the Bible says, man, in her heart, she says, I, I, all I need to do is touch the hem of his clothes. I don't need him to see me. I don't need him to lay hands on me. I don't need him to acknowledge me. If I can just touch the robe, I'll be made well. So she pushed herself through that crowd, the Bible says, touched his robe, and healing came. And that power that left Jesus is what alerted Jesus. He's like, who touched me? Who touched me expecting something? Who touched me placing a demand on the healing power that I possess? Who touched me? The woman finally, she knew Jesus wasn't going anywhere. There was no way to get out of it. She stood up. She goes, I, I, it was me. I touched you. 
The Bible says she was immediately healed and she went up to Jesus and she eventually confessed. She told him the whole story. We don't know how long that story took. It was a woman telling it. We don't know if it was, it was a few words, but most women don't have a few words. It depends on what mood she was in. She was probably super excited she was healed. I don't know if she started at the very beginning to go to the very end. We don't know how long this story took. All we know that it is in the process of the story, someone from Jairus' house showed up to Jairus and said, hey, it's too late. This took way too long. Don't bother the teacher. Don't bother the master. Don't have him come to your house. Your daughter is dead. There's no reason for her to come. In the middle of this conversation, Jesus overheard what they said. He turns around immediately and he says, you do not fear. Don't be afraid. Only believe. We read the story. Jesus shows up at Jairus' house grabs the daughter by the hand, and the daughter was restored back to life. Powerful, powerful thing. In reading that story, those two stories in one, there's a few things that I saw that were important to us that would help us maybe in the middle of our desperate place because we're all experiencing real life in one way or another. We may not have a physical issue. Maybe it's financial Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's in your mind soulishly. Maybe it's with relationships with your kids. I don't know what your issue is, but we can learn some things through this story that can change our life if we'll let it. The first thing that I think is super important is we need to keep telling our story. We need to keep telling our story because we have two desperate people in broken situations who would have no idea where to take their issue to had they not heard that Jesus was healer. Your story in your world that you live in, at your workplace, on your job, at your school, in your environment, your story can give people hope. Your story can bring the broken people in your life and give them the ability to know where to take their issue, that there's hope in the middle of their, of their brokenness. We have to tell our story. You know, I, I know many times, I know even in my own life, it's like, man, I don't like to tell my story. I don't want to relive the broken places. So there's certain things in my life I'd like to forget. I like to, for people to think that I got it all together. I like people to think my Instagram posts are reality. I like people to think that I have it together and that I haven't had any issues. But that helps no one. Because we live in a world filled with broken people. And if they don't realize that God has healed our brokenness, where are they going to bring he get healing for their brokenness? There are people that you work with that have broken marriages and broken relationships that need to hear your story, how God brought your relationship and your marriage through tough times. There are people in your life who, who their kids are just, man, so far gone they feel like that they need to hear your story, how God had restored relationship back or brought your kid back from, the, from, the, from suicidal tendencies or from, from broken places or learning disability. Whatever your story is, people need to hear your story, and we need to tell our story. We need to let the life of Christ, the change that Jesus brought in our life, become hope for someone else. We need to tell our story because people need to hear our story. People need to hear your story because Jesus has made a difference in your life. Jesus has made a difference in your life. The second thing is Jesus is our answer. Our story should lead them to Jesus because Jesus is the answer. It doesn't matter what we're facing this morning. 
It doesn't matter if it's sickness in our body, financial issues, relationship issues. It doesn't matter what it is we're facing. Jesus is the answer. You know what I love? You know, Randy talked about it just a few minutes ago, how Jesus came and he gave his life for us. When Jesus did that, when Jesus hung upon that cross, when he was beaten with whips and a crown of thorns placed upon his head, and he died upon that cross, he took everything that Satan has tried to put upon us. He took poverty. He put, took lack. He put, took, took sickness and disease. He took uh, depressions and fears. Every evil thing Jesus Christ took upon himself. The Bible says he destroyed principalities and powers. The Bible says when he was raised victoriously on that Sunday, on that third day, that he took authority and he rose in victory and he conquered. And because he conquered, we conquer. Because he uh, was victorious, he's given us victory and freedom in those things. And I love that because Jesus provided the, the total upgraded package. We didn't have to pay extra for it. You know, uh, a lot of times when you go to buy a car, they'll offer you different packages, right? They'll say, now this one, it has the sport package. You're like, well, what does that mean? Well, it has the ability to tow, and it has bigger uh, tires on it. It might have like a, a luggage rack on the top because that's the tow package. Then you have the comfort package. That's like where you don't have to actually roll down the window and, you know, your windshield wipers, you know, you don't have to like flap them back and forth or what. It's, okay. So it has the, the heated steering wheel and the heated seats and air-conditioned seats even. All right, that's the comfort package. But what's so powerful about Jesus when he paid for it all, he upgraded us to the most extreme package there is. There is nothing greater. He gave us his life. The Bible says in 2 Peter 1.3, it says, God has given us everything we need. Everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory. I love that. He gave us everything we need. And I love it that we don't have to earn it. We don't have to beg for it. We didn't have to pay more for it. Jesus paid for it all. Jesus paid for it all. This is another thing that we need to know is we got to get Jesus in our issue. We got to get the answer into our issue. And the powerful thing is now I don't have to go find Jesus somewhere. You know, they had to go find where Jesus was. We don't. The Bible says now that Jesus Christ has ascended into heaven. Jesus now, the spirit now lives with us. That, the Bible talks about how I can go in, I can go high, I can go low, I can go anywhere, and there's nowhere that I can go that I can't get away from God. God is with us always. Jesus is with us always. So we got to get Jesus in our issue. The Bible says in, first John, in John chapter 1, it says, The Word became a human being full of grace and truth, and he lived among us, meaning this. That when I get the word of God in my life, I'm putting Jesus in my life. When I get the word of God in my heart, Jesus is in my life. When I get the word working in my life, Jesus is working in my life. And Jesus is the answer. I need him working in my life. The Bible talks about this. He says in uh, 1 John 5, 14, he says, This is the confidence we have in coming to God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. 
says, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Now, this is a powerful thing. Because we don't have to go find Jesus. We just have to open up our mouth and ask Jesus some things. So what would this situation look like today? If, if we had a daughter and she was home and she was sick and she was at the point of death and I need Jesus because Jesus is my answer. Well, I'm not going to go find him because he's with me. So what does this look like, me bringing healing into my family or, or maybe I'm the one sick? How do I receive that healing in my, in my life? Well, to put Jesus in it, I got to know that if I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. And when I ask according to his will, the, it says that he will give me that thing that I'm asking for. It says that the word of God is his will. So if I get the word of God concerning the thing, I get it working in my life. So this is what it looks like in my life. When I'm not, when I'm, if, I'm, if I'm battling sickness, what would I do? I would open my mouth and I would say, Father God, I know that you sent Jesus to this earth to live a perfect life. And on that cross, he paid for my healing. So in Jesus' name, I speak healing, the word of health into my life. I declare that by the stripes of Jesus, I am the healed of the Lord. Or I look at the fever in my child's body and say, fever, I command you to go in the name of Jesus, by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ in my marriage. Father, I declare that what you join together, let no man separate. Your word declares that, that, where you, that, that you joined us together and that, that we walk in a spirit of peace. And if I, if I honor and if I love and I respect and, and he honors and loves me like Christ loved the church and there's unity in our home, that nothing can separate that. And there's peace there and there's strength there. And I speak over my kids. I believe, God, that you're sending people into their path to, to lead them and to guide them into into truth, speaking Jesus, the answer into our situation. When I get the word of God in my issue, I get Jesus in my issue. Whatever circumstance you find yourself in, I ask myself this sometimes, and I've asked people this. Whatever circumstance you're facing right now, say uh, you're not, you're, you've been given a, a diagnosis or a doctor's report that, you know, there's no hope for you. But yet Jesus Christ himself stood in front of you and said, I don't care what the doctor's report says. I paid the price for every sickness and every disease that you've been labeled with. And I just want to tell you, you keep speaking the word. Things are changing in your body. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. And every day you get stronger and stronger and stronger. And you will live and you will not die. And you'll declare my faithfulness. Could you sleep peacefully tonight? Absolutely. Why? Because Jesus Christ himself showed up and told me that. Can I tell you, this is Jesus Christ standing in front of you this morning. When you open this word and he says, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. It's just like him standing in front of you declaring the same thing. If Jesus was to stand in front of you and say, I know your kid's acting a little crazy right now. I know they're out doing their own thing and you may not even know where they are right now. I just want you to know I got them covered. I just want you know, to know because you have trusted me with them. I got them. I've got them covered. I know where they're at. I'm not letting them get too far gone. In fact, I'm getting ready to set them up with a relationship that's going to pull them back into the kingdom of God. Would you be able to sleep good at night? Of course you would. 
Why? Because Jesus gave me confidence. Jesus stood in front of me, and he told me it was going to be okay. Listen, Jesus is standing in front of you when you open this book and declares to you, God loves your kid more than you do. God's promise to you is household salvation. God says if you aim your child in the way that they should go, he says it's my responsibility to get them to hit the target. Listen, God's got your kid. Don't stress out about it. God's got your health provided for you. Don't freak out about it. Prosperity, increase, whatever your issue is, you can find the, Jesus, the answer, right here. And, you, and it's just like him standing in front of you. It's just like him declaring that truth to you. And if you have to, you know, there's been plenty of times, I'm like, Sheree, why are you freaking out? If Jesus was standing here in front of you, telling you, you're, you don't lack any good thing, would you say, yeah, but the bank says... No, I would trust Jesus. Jesus says, Sheree, you lack no good thing. Who are you going to believe? I encourage you this morning. Let Jesus, the answer, into your circumstance and into your situation. Jesus is the answer. Third thing, don't get distracted, frustrated, or offended in the process. I'm going to say that again because we tend to do that. Don't get distracted, frustrated, or offended in the process, once we get Jesus, the answer, working on our behalf or in our situation, do not quit. There might be some interruptions in the process, and we don't like that, do we? I don't know. You're probably like me. You're, st- you're stopped at a red light. As soon as that light turns green, the person in, br- in front of you better hit the gas. Or you're like, come on, right? Like, <laughs> Go! The light is green because we don't like any kind of hindrance, any kind of delay. We don't want there to be any kind of holdup. We're going somewhere. And so in this journey, in this process of life, when we're putting the truth of God, the answer of God into our situation, sometimes, as you saw in these two stories, sometimes it's instantaneous. You see the results immediately. Sometimes you still got to keep walking. Don't get frustrated. Don't get disappointed. Don't get distracted or offended in the process. Just keep walking. Just keep trusting. Just keep believing. You know, it would be really easy for Jay Irish to just have been so angry and frustrated in this process. You know, and sometimes we do that. We're believing God for some things, and we turn around, and you think that everybody else is getting the break. Everybody else is getting the blessing. Everybody else is, you know, the one getting the the house or the job or the promotion or the restored family. You're like, hello, God, what about me? And we almost get frustrated. Why are you blessing them? Like God has a limited supply. You know, like the first 500 that hit me up for, for healing You got it made. But if you're 501, sucks for you. That's not how God is. God has an unlimited supply of favor, an unlimited supply of healing, an unlimited supply of restoration or whatever it is you need. It really should be, man, if God did it for her and he's that powerful that he did it for her in an instant, man, what could he do for me? God could promote them without a degree or education. Man, what could he do for me? God could give them that hot husband or that hot wife. Shoot, I'm better looking than them. What could they do? What could he do for me? Instead of, man, all the good ones are taken. Jeez, man, I should have been there for it. No, listen, God's got you covered. 
in any area of your life. God has more than enough. Don't get distracted, frustrated, offended in the process. Let someone else's blessing encourage and strengthen your own faith. If God will do it for one, he'll do it for you too. Yes. Which brings me to this last point. Which brings me to this last point. And, uh, you know, I love it because we need to hear it because Randy talked about it last week. With Jesus, it's never too late. With Jesus, it's never too late too late. We see in both of these stories, man's circumstance said it was too late. This woman, she had no more money. She went to every doctor. There was no other place for her to go. She barely had strength. She barely could crawl through the crowd. The Bible says she was worse than even when she started. The doctor said it was hopeless. Basically, the doctor sent her home and said, it's too late. It's too late. She could have just sat there because the doctor said it was too late. She could have sat there at home and died. But she had to choose to believe with Jesus, it's never too late. With Jesus, it's never too late. You know, when I was preparing or just thinking in the process of this this message, I remember a few weeks ago, you know, a friend was communicating with me just some a crisis in their life how it seemed to be over in the natural and in my mind because I think just like you at times devil messes with my thoughts just like he messes with yours devil always likes to tell us it's too late it's too late for that you can't believe for that it's too late for that that's not for you it's too late for that you can't have that it's too late for that you should have started this a long time ago I remember in the middle of this conversation and this crisis that was going on thinking, man, if only we would have started sooner. Man, if only we could have taken the seed of the word of God and, man, put it in sooner. I had almost that tendency to think, it's too late. And God arrested my attention. Immediately challenged me on the inside and said, hey, hey, hey. With me, it is never too late. It is never too late to put the Word of God and see the Word of God accelerate in your life. It is never too late. And then like a flash, He took me from the very beginning of the Word and took me all the way through. And in every situation, it looked like it was too late in the natural. From Abraham and Sarah who gave birth to a child when he was like 100 and she was 90, it was way too late in the natural. But God saw His promise come to pass in their life because God's promises do not have an expiration date or an age limit. It's not too late to see those dreams come to pass. How about I'm old now? It's not too late. Jairus, I mean, he's on the road. His daughter was barely living when he started. And by the end of the, the, the journey, he's like, man, his friends came up and said, hey, dude, don't bother the the teacher don't bother the the healer it's too late she's dead I can't tell you how many verses in the Bible or stories in the Bible talk about even Jesus raising dead things because you're thinking ah you know as long as you're 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 living and you're breathing there's hope but God said even after you think it's dead it could still live again it's not too late it's never too late it's not too late to prosper even though you've lost everything. It's not too late for your child to excel in school 
even though he's been labeled ADD, ADHD, and maybe he's on some level of the spectrum, autism spectrum, it's not too late. It's not too late for your lungs to breathe clearly, even though you've been diagnosed with asthma and haven't been able to run all of your life. It's not too late to see God restore your ability to breathe deeply. It's not too late for you to experience complete wholeness in life, even though the doctor has spoken something contrary to that. It's not too late for your marriage to be restored, even though you've spoken some pretty hurtful and harmful things to each other. It's not too late. Because with Jesus, it's never too late. It's not too late to see your kid come back home and serve Jesus in passion with all their heart, even though they're choosing an alternative lifestyle at the moment. It's not too late. Whatever those desires and promises that God has given you, it is not too late to see them come to pass. If you grab the word of God, grab the truth of the word of God, get Jesus in your situation, it's never too late. It's not too late to dream again. It's not too late to believe again. Let your desperation move you. Let your desperation move you. Get the word of God. Put it in your heart and then do it. In both of these situations, they could have sat there. Well, if Jesus wanted me healed, he can find me here in my house. I ain't going anywhere. I don't feel good. She would have stayed there and died. But she may let that passion, that brokenness move her. Same thing with Jairus, huh? You know, hopefully God will give me another kid. I, I don't know. I, if Jesus wanted her healed, he could come find us. No, he passionately went after something. Let's not just sit and do nothing and expect something. If we expect something, we have to go after that something. And I just know that God is good. God is good all the time, and God loves you more than you know, and God has good in your future, and it's not too late to see God's purpose and plan come to pass in your life. You know, I think some of you, even in this room, you think, man, I've already, okay, I believe I can barely get into heaven because you do not know what I've been doing the last five years. So maybe God can forgive me and I can get into heaven. But can I tell you something? God wants to restore everything here on earth before you get there. I believe even in this room, some of you have lost your children and rightfully so you should have. Because of the life you were living, they weren't safe with you. But because you came back to Christ, because you allowed God to come in and transform your life, I believe God will bring restoration back to you. It's not too late. Yeah, but you don't know their mom. It's not too late. You don't know the hell I... It's not too late. I've lived too long and experienced too many things and too much of God's goodness in the life and heard too many God good stories of restoration in any area you can think of. It's not too late. Dream again. Hope again. Let God restore that to you again. Let that passion, that desire lead you to put Jesus back into your situation. You'll see God do crazy, crazy, wild, phenomenal, amazing things in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all bow our heads and pray this morning. You know, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus this morning. Maybe you've 
served him before in the past and for whatever reason you find yourself far from him you kind of think man okay maybe God will receive me maybe you will maybe you won't I don't know I've been pretty bad I can tell you this God loves you so much Bible says all of us have blown it all of us have sinned all of us come short of God's perfection that's why he sent Jesus to live the perfect life that we could never live to die on our behalf and to trade our life for his life and God wants to bring you back this morning maybe you have never received Christ and you're just man I if this God is good like you say I want God's goodness in my life your life is always better with Jesus your life isn't life until you have Jesus so I want to give you that opportunity this morning to pray with me and we're all going to pray this together you know I rededicate or give myself back surrender my life to God every day Every day I tell, G- tell God, today I'm yours, Lord. Whatever you want to do in me and through me, I say yes. That's basically what we're saying this morning. It's more than just words we say. It's just an attitude of our heart. It's our heart opening up. The Bible says those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth. So we're going to do that this morning. If that's your de- desire, I want you just to pray with us. Say, Father God, thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. That in my broken state, my faraway place, he lived his life in perfection for me. He gave his life for me. I trade my life for his today. I open up my life to you in Jesus' name. Father, I believe today, God, as those who have opened their heart to you, God, I believe it's a day of life transformation. God, I believe that you make all things new. I believe, Lord, that the things that they're believing for come alive again. God, that you bring restoration as they grab the word of God and bring truth into their life and bring Jesus back into their life. God, I believe that things change and turn around. God, I declare healing in this place. God, I do believe that Jesus Christ took stripes on his back for our healing. I declare today that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. God, we take advantage of that benefit in Jesus' name. God, I speak peace into minds. God, I command depression to go, frustration, anxiety to go in Jesus' name. God, that we'd experience life in peace. God, we'd experience your boldness, your confidence. God, I speak restoration to relationships. God, we give our kids back to you. God, we give our kids to you. God, we believe that you're working on their behalf. God, you're providing God relationships for them to bring them back into the kingdom of God, that they come to their right mind. God, that they know that you're good, that they turn to you. Father, we speak over every financial situation. We refuse to stress out and freak out about money. God, you promise to be our provider. God, you promise to open up the windows of heaven and empower us. God, to walk in favor and blessing. God, I just believe that you're giving promotions and increase and blessing and favor everywhere we go. God, we trust you. God, we give you thanks today for you are so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that it's never too late with you. God, that you're causing life to come, expectation to come again. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, 
please visit celebrationchurch.cc.